coming up on the Joyful Learning Pod. Strength doesn't only lie in our hands. Strength isn't only about force. Strength could be about finding the right people and creating the right team. Hello, and I am welcoming a very special friend to the podcast today, Mr. Tori Maldonado. We go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome, Tori. Thank you for taking time out of your very hectic, busy schedule to chat with us. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. <laughs> And just to give a little background to the audience of how Tori and I have connected on various occasions over the years, I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but it was at the Day of Dialogue in New York City. And I don't know if that was 2017-ish. It was right before Tight came out, I believe. I got an advanced copy of Tight at that event. Yes, you're taking us back way before the (laughs) pandemic, when the world was maskless. Way before. Um, and I just remember at the signing talking to you and finding out you were a teacher, which I was enthralled with, um, and then an author then, and and it just kind of grew from there. And then I had you actually come to my school, and you got to talk to all six, seventh, and eighth graders at my middle school, and you just lit up the auditorium. Like, you were one of the best authors that kept the kids' attention and called them out when they were acting like a fool in the audience. Sometimes authors don't really know how to handle that if kids start, you know, wiling out. But um, And then most recently, we got to hang out at Nerd Camp New Jersey. Uh, and that's been a few years, though. We haven't seen each other in real life for, for a while now. So Yeah, you know, cue the Hamilton song, The World Turned Upside Down. Because, you know, the pandemic turned the world upside down. So people who should be seeing each other with more frequency, there's more gaps between, you know, us seeing each other. So yeah, yeah. I wish I was seeing you in person. So, But but in honor of our hanging out with each other at Nerd Camp, I'm, viewers don't know this, but if you could see me, I'm wearing my Melissa Tom twinning shirt. Reading <laughs> is my favorite sport. Well, and I actually am going to be adding that photo to the show notes because I think everybody should love that photo as much as you and I love that photo. Um, That's still one of my favorite nerd camp photos ever. One of my top 10 favorite. Um, But what what I want to talk to you a little bit about is, well, most importantly, you have a brand new book. And actually, the day we're recording this is the birthday book eve. Is that how I would say that? Of of Hands, which is going to be officially published in our world tomorrow. But for our listeners, it will have been a couple of weeks. So you better stop your listening and go order it like immediately. Because after you listen to this talk, you're you're going to want to get your hands on it if you don't already have them. So do you want to just kick us off by just giving us a little bit of background about this newest and latest and greatest? Thank you for saying all those nice things. It was music to my ear. You know how when <laughs> someone says something that we love here and we say, say it again, say it again, say it again. I wanted to say, say it again, say it again. What you're saying about um my books and also hands. Yeah. And birthday, quoting you, birthday book Eve. That's what tonight is. I'm so <laughs> excited because tomorrow, um, this is my fourth book. And if you ask my 14-year-old daughter, she thinks it's her favorite book with a clause. She'll say, it's my favorite book, Dad, alongside Secret Saturdays. So she, <laughs> she loves Secret Saturdays, my first book, and she loves my fourth book. 
Um, so I've written four books and my books deal with what young people and also older um, readers deal with since the beginning of time till the end of time. My books deal with friendship, uh, family, um, choices, and just trying to figure out where you want to go and where you fit in and who should go along that ride with you. And um, yeah, so this story, um, Trev's book, Hands, uh, viewers can't see the cover, but um, when they when they um, see it, they'll see that Trev at the top, he's boxing. And at the bottom, he is drawing. And that duality, that, you know, that go this way or go that way, that tug of war, that's something that a lot of young people feel, you know. Um, a lot of young people have an inner side that they don't reveal to the world. And um, his inner side is he loves to draw, but he hasn't drawn in a while. And the reason why is he's decided he has to use his hands for another reason. He has to use his hands to protect his mother um, because his father, his stepfather threatened his mother before the stepfather left. And Trev feels like he has to take it matters into his own hands. Um, but he feels alone to protect his mom and his sisters. And he starts to get advice from people in his neighborhood. And it, the book really reveals that it does take a village to raise a child. And he doesn't think he has a village. He starts to, you know, he goes on a journey. So this book is really about realizing that strength doesn't only lie in our hands. Strength isn't only about force. Um, strength could be about finding the right people and creating the right team. And um, you could do a lot as an individual. And also through hands, we see that you could do a lot with the right team. And I think that's something that really resonated with me because as you said, I was very fortunate and through book posse, which I've talked a little bit about on other episodes of Ain't no my posse podcast. like a book posse. Oh my God. <laughs> book posse. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I totally agree. And that is one of my villages in my life. Um, those those group members and the authors that we work with and the publishers and like that is a very large part of my soul. And I am grateful for that group and for authors like you. One of the things that we also talk about in our book posse is the importance of sharing the readings that we're doing and posting reviews. And I did write a review on Goodreads and I actually went back to reread it because it's been a while since I read it. I was one of the early readers. I was really lucky. Seriously, you um, were part of like the special VIP <laughs> section where the, the red velvet rope was pulled back and you were one of the very first, first readers of the book. Well, I am truly honored. And I, I talk a little bit about how I felt when I was reading it that like Trev was in my head. And I was in his head, like the way that you have written him, he's talking to the reader, I think. And it just was really personal and powerful. So that was one of the things I really remembered and I felt it. Um, and then the idea of this village that you mentioned, you go throughout the story and you just go on his journey with him, finding all of these people 
that he didn't necessarily think of in that way at first. And he eventually kind of comes around to this. So I do, I think that's a really important core part of this story and what people will hopefully connect with. Um, yeah. And you know, <clears throat> when you were talking about how he's in your head, it made me think about that Rihanna and Eminem song. I'm going to remix um, it and I'm going to take some words out and put some words in, but you know, there's that chorus that says I'm friends with the voice that's inside of my head. And, um, one of the things that I love to do is I like to show the interiority, the insides, the, the inner thinking and the inner feelings of young people that they only share with their friends and they rarely share with adults. And that's why I'm really fortunate because like what you just said and a lot of the feedback about hands is that, wow, this is exactly what a lot of the kids, you see a lot of the kids going through, but they're not expressing it and i've been getting hearing um i remember there's a boy named raul and he um has a blog he's a sixth grader and he said i love reading trev's story because i felt like it was my story i feel responsible for my family i feel responsible for my sisters but also um he really related to a quote that e-train another tween related to and e-train i gotta give him a shout out because he's this amazing tween book reviewer. And he said, um, they both said they really loved the quote from Maya Angelou that shows up in the book and keeps showing up in the book, be a rainbow in somebody else's cloud. Well, and you said one of the magic words, joy. Joy. Um, this is the Joyful Learning Podcast. Pump it up, um, pump it up. Joy, pump, pump, <laughs> pump it up. One of the things I think that has probably brought both of us a lot of joy throughout our years is our lives as teachers. Yes. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got into teaching. Like what made you decide that you've been teaching for 25 years. This is my 20th. I'm not quite as many years in, unfortunately. Are you calling <laughs> me older? The... Are, you, are you trying to call me older? No, I'm calling you a little <laughs> luckier. <laughs> You're you're closer to full retirement where you can just do your writing thing. Thank and you. And I feel you're the luckier one because I got five more years of being beat up by some oh. of my students. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how your your journey as a teacher evolved and continues to evolve. There's a, a quote that I came up with and I put it in one of my classrooms. And I'll never forget, we had regional leadership come, you know, how they would tour the different schools mm -hmm. and go into different classrooms. So regional leadership came into my class and someone pointed at that quote and said, um, who made that quote? I said, I made that quote. And the person <laughs> said, really, do you mind me um, borrowing it? I said, no, if you give me credit, <laughs> he said, all right, I'll, I'll give you credit. And the quote is oftentimes kids will be what they see. And it's one of the reasons why um, comics show up in hands because I feel that young people are superheroic. One of the um, comic heroes that Trev loves is Miles Morales. And the reason I chose Miles Morales, there were so many reasons I chose Miles Morales, but one is he has that spider sense. And I think we all do. We all have an internal BS detector. We know when something feels right and when something feels wrong. And so in hands, we, we have that where the boy is just like, he's learning to trust himself. And that's something that um, 
my mom, who was my model, um, often tried to encourage in me, like, what do you think, Tori? Oftentimes I would say, mommy, this is this, this, this is the situation. And here's the problem. Or here's the conflict. She said, wait, 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 wait. How do you feel about it? What do you think about it, Tori? And she was often trying, trying to circle me back to my gut and trusting my spidey sense. And so um, going back to that quote of oftentimes kids will be that they see, I was raised by a single mom, my mom, and she, uh, who, who recently passed away, and she was okay. everything to me. She was my mother. She was my father. She was my, my main teacher. My mom used to do something that I hated. I was like, Mom, really? I used to go to school, and if I came home and told her that I didn't learn anything, she would crack open books that she had in the house and say, sit down and start teaching me. And I was what? As a tween and as a teen, yeah, I went to school to end when school ended, but school never ended because my mother, she really believed that education was not only a powerful weapon, um, but she believed that it was going to be the trampoline that was going to bounce me out of our real, real extreme poverty into um, greater heights. And she was, um, so, so I, it was my mother. I would see my mom, you know, um, trying to teach me things. And then she became a community center director. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really got upset because you know, we, when you have a parent, you love, you just want, you want some time with your parent. Yep. When my mom became a community, share. right. <laughs> I had to share my my mom with the whole neighborhood. Oh. And, um, and she has a big impact. And she's the model for the mother inside hands where um, later, later on, one of the uncles is talking to Trev and says, your mother, she's, you talk about Star Wars, Trev, well, your mom is a force, you know, she's a Jedi. And he starts to explain the impact that she's had on helping people um, not go to the dark side of the force and, and live, you know, on the light side of the force. So it was my mom, my mom, um, just watching her. And, and wanting to impress her, um, it just became inevitable that eventually I would follow in her footsteps and go into education. Well, that's an awesome story. And, and I am sorry, it's no matter how old we are, it, it's not easy to lose our mom, I don't think. Absolutely not. Um, this is one of the reasons why um, I... I can say this now because we have a birthday book eve celebration with each other. There's a, there's a hands book birthday cake that we have. And it might sound weird to some folks, but I'm going to cut a slice and say that, freeze that for my mom. For your mom. Well, I'm sure she will be looking down. So um, thank you for sharing that. I think that's just really powerful. Thank and you. your quote too, I think that, all educators who are out there and and beyond, we do. We need to have the models for all the kids, our own and in schools, of what they can and want to be. And that actually reminds me, um, Carrie and I were chatting a little bit before kind of planning, and she was reading a few different things that she had found. I think one of the articles that she read was from a while ago and it was from um, latinoauthor.com, maybe even back when you were doing your, your one of your first books, but you have a quote in there that 
I wrote down because I thought it was so powerful. It said, my life is proof that if we want better men, we must get more boys reading. Yes. And like, I don't, you don't, there's nothing else you really need to say. I mean, that is, that's everything. So um, talk a little bit about what, what you're hoping your books do beyond the page, you know, just like you, it's going to be out in the world, like you said, tomorrow, your latest. And I hope you're going to be working on more coming up, you know, in the future, no pressure, but <laughs> keep writing. It's so, it's so funny because coming into this interview, I was telling myself, Melissa's going to be prepared. I, I know you and, and I know your reputation of like really reading and getting in depth. So when you said Carrie had read latinoauthor.com, whoa. So <laughs> Batman, one of Batman's you know taglines is that he's the world's smartest detective. He's the world's best detective. He's going to have to share that title with you and Carrie. Yep, Carrie. Carrie gets the shout out for that one. She is shout amazing. Out also, yes, to finding the article that was deep, deep down in the treasure chest of interviews and articles that I've done. That was that is a great quote about if we need um, better men, then we need to have boys reading. Um, you know, I grew up in a place that Life Magazine called one of the ten toughest neighborhoods in the country. And growing up there, boys and girls didn't want to wear on their sleeves that they loved school. Um, Oprah had this amazing show where she was talking about uh, how academic kids get bullied. And she went through the list of things that kids get called. And I was called all those things because I was a, a Black and a Latino bookish boy in one of the toughest neighborhoods in the country. And I quickly learned that being the next Kwame Alexander, being the next Jerry Craft, while that was the coolest thing to me in my heart, out in the streets, I had to surround myself with people who could have my back. And and it was a tough place. So you chose tough friends and we had tough role models, you know. We um more leaned towards worshiping Mike Tyson, um, Hulk Hogan, right? And 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 now time has gone on and we're in 2023 and we swap out Mike Tyson and Hulk Hogan and kids are looking up to Floyd Money Mayweather. They're looking up to, you know, uh, Jake Paul. They're looking up to um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. They're looking to, you know, dudes who, who so, show strength. And um, there's a place for physical strength. There's a place for athleticism. And there's also a place for literacy. You know, um, I'll never forget. I'm going to get personal here. There was one time where I was jumped by a group of boys in my neighborhood. And I went home to my mom and she said, what happened to your face? And I said, there was five boys and this happened and that happened. And I wanted to go back out there with other friends and do something. And my mother sat me down and she de-escalated me. She called me down and she said, Tori. And she held up a pen. And she said, the pen 
is mightier than the sword. I said, what are you talking about? Like, what are you saying, ma? Are you saying like I could? You're gonna give me a pen that's like a lightsaber, and I and when they, these guys want to fight me, I could pull out the pen and go and and defend myself. Like, I need something real, and that's the struggle that is in hands. Um, Trevor, he's getting all of these messages from school, from media, from um, family on how to handle conflict, and. He's trying to decide, you know, do, do I go the path of the sword or do I go the path of the pen? And I think that my going the path of the pen has led me to some really amazing places. I became the first person in my family to graduate college back when um, I was in college and saying that someday I'm going to write books. And people were like, no way. I leaned back on what my mom taught me. Um, and it's what Trev's mom teaches him, that um, we have a lot more power in our hands when we make the right choices. And so I just kept, you know, like Dory, you know, um, just keep <laughs> swimming, just keep swimming. I just kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And then my first book came out. And then my second book came out. And I just kept swimming and just kept swimming. And now my fourth book is out. And she was right. She was right that education and literacy in the pen was super powerful because it ended up smashing chains of poverty and breaking me free from certain um, cycles and certain traps that some of my relatives and people who I love, you know, from my community are caught in. No, those are all really, really powerful stories. And I'm hoping that as many kids as need it, get your story in their, in their hands, which I just, I just love the title. I mean, coming back to full circle, it just, there's just so many things you can say about it that means so much more mm-hmm. than the surface, which again, that's a takeaway. There's just so much more than the surface. And um, thank you. Kind of wrapping up a little though. One of the things I said in my review too, is I, it's like one of these books I call a skinny book. <laughs> And all of those librarians and teachers out there are like, mm-hmm, we know what that means. Like if a kid comes up and it just happened to me this last week there, I don't remember what grade it was, but they were coming in picking historical fiction. It was eighth grade and they were coming down to do book shopping for independent reading. And I handed this book to one of the eighth graders and it was like probably two inches thick. Like it was, it was a fat book yeah. and you should have seen the look on this student's face. And I'm like, I know that look. I'm like, I, I, you're like, you're stressed because of the size of this book, but don't you worry. Like it is, it's in verse. There are fewer words on the page. Like you are going to love this book. Um, but your books, one of the things that a lot of people talk about is that you pack a punch, pardon the pun, sort of. I love the pun. Um, um, I'm going to borrow just... it and I'm going to tell, I'm going <laughs> to give you credit for it. Awesome pun. Um... A pun with punch. Exactly, exactly. But I think is it I, I saw two is I saw one thirty for pages for hand and then one forty four. So I'm not is it one thirty? It, it's at one hundred and thirty six pages. Okay. Um, when people say one hundred and forty four, they're counting the dedication, they're counting the acknowledgments, yeah. they're counting all of that fluff that's in the front and the back. But um if you start from a hundred from one to you get to a page one hundred and thirty six. Now, I, this is, I'm going to share something that's behind the scenes. Um, this book was actually supposed to be less than 136 pages. 
Mm. And so when I, and I was super excited to hand it over to my editor. Uh, editor gets it. And I'm all running around Brooklyn bragging that, you know, I've written, I'm like an Ali voice, you know, uh, you know, I shook up the world. I wrote my thinnest <laughs> book yet. You know, some of the chapters are only two paragraphs. And then I get the book back and the advanced wow, wow. copy that you got. And it was more than 120 pages. I said, what? And the reason is um, the font, when you open up, you see the font, the font is as big as these rappers' gold meda- medallions. <laughs> you know, the words are just grabbing people's attention and saying, look at me. So there's a science behind all of that. And still, I'm glad that they kept it short. It's 136 pages. Of, of pure, I'm not going to say necessarily joy, because there's so much more than that. Like there's struggle and there's joy in the struggle. Well, you know, um. the thing about the thing about writing, I'm glad you talked about 136 pages, because when I was a kid, I used to love hearing friends come back from great adventure or for some amusement park. And talk about roller coaster rides. You know, one of my things was roller coaster rides. And that's what I want to give young people. I want to give young people this roller coaster thrilling experience. And so this is why my chapters and hands are very short. Someone, a librarian, just emailed me and she was talking about the length. And she says, I think your longest chapter is two pages. And the reason is, I don't know anyone on the planet who would love to be on a really, really long roller coaster ride, right? I mean, that's going to cause serious pain and mm-hmm. headaches. And I want, I want young people, I want everyone to have a joyful experience when they read a book. I want young people to say, wait a minute, like now I know how to handle this situation. And because I know how to handle this situation, it frees my life up for more joy. And I also, as a parent, I don't ever want my daughter to get a book where she leaves that book feeling sadder than when she met that book. I want my daughter to feel more joyful after she experienced that book. And it's the same way with young readers. You know, um, someone told me, said, someone said, um, I should start saying that my books are um, parent approved and kid approved (laughs) because there's so many parents who come up to me and say, you know, Thank you. I know when you write a book, my child is safe reading your book, you know, so, and that, and that matters to me as a parent, it matters to me as a teacher. That's awesome. And it's like, we, it's like we planned this, which we did not, but this is the perfect way to ask my last question. You gave me the perfect segue about joy. So question. Don't make, don't go, don't go. I'm having so much fun talking with y'all. We both, it's a school night and it is your book birthday Eve. You need to get a good night's sleep so you can fully celebrate tomorrow. I got to get my beauty Um, rest so I can wake up and I could look, you know. (laughs) Okay. So this is the question that I, I love asking all my guests. So what is something that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Cause I know that some of these things we've talked about have been bringing you joy, but what is something that is right now bringing you a lot of joy in your life? Hmm. Something mm. that's bringing me a lot of joy in my life is the responses that young people um, and also um, book lovers have been giving me about hands. Um, someone said, this book is already a phenom. It's already a force and it hasn't even published yet. So I just, I'm so excited that 
the book is going to probably reach lots of different hands and that um, young people are just going to have this joyful experience and then say, I want to read more books from Tori or more books that are written in Tori's style of writing. And, and I think that's how we build a lifelong love of learning is, you know, if we get young people to meet books that you're introducing young people to. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and that is also how we build our village. So every reader of your book is going to be part of our village yes. together. So I am very happy to be a member of your village, Tori. I'm and so happy you're in my village. <laughs> and, and all the young people that you meet, remember, it's an open invitation. You know, they can contact me through my website with you. And if they have questions about the writing process or questions about my characters, I'm happy to talk about the village. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And uh, last but not least, just tell everybody exactly how they can get in touch with you, um, adults and students alike. Like where where can we find you? <laughs> okay, so first I have to slow it down when I say my name because one time I was in school and the phone rang, one of the students answered the phone and the students would call me Mr. T and that was on purpose. Um, I asked, I purposely asked kids, call me Mr. T because my last name is kind of a long name. So the kid never knew my name and the kid answers the phone and he says, Mr. T, they're calling for Mr. Avocado. I said, give me the phone. I'm Mr. Avocado. And I, said, and I picked up the phone and said, hi, Mr. Avocado. And the main officer said, what? Why did you say Mr. Avocado? I said, long story. So my last name is kind of long and I saw I'll spell out my first name. My first name is T-O-R-R-E-Y. My last name is M-A-L. D-O-N-A-D-O. And if you put a dot com on that, that's exactly where you find me. You can also find me at, at Tori Maldonado on Twitter and also Instagram. That is awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for spending some time on this this Monday for us right now. This is going to be dropped on a Tuesday. And again, two weeks, um, this book, Your Hands, will be out. And so please, 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 everybody who is listening, go out and do yourself a favor and get a copy and be part of our village. Thank you for the (laughs) pre-birthday party. Yay. All right. Well, thanks. I hope to talk very soon. Same.